Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast. I am your host, David Palermo, and we are brought to you by Grandstand Sports Network and PunchDrunkSports.com. Find Numb Bills Fan everywhere on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Holler at me. Shoot an email, Dave at Numb Bills Fan, and you can get a hold of me ASAP. Um, I am going to announce real quick the winner of, or I should say the unfortunate victim who gets to sit next to me at the Bills game is Rodney Schuler. Thank you, Rodney, for always supporting the podcast, and it means a lot, dude. Uh, can't wait to hang out with you at the game, talk about some guitars and punk rock, and keep it going. So, Rodney, thank you for leaving your review, sending in your screenshot, and if you didn't know what the contest was, I'm going to do it again just real quick. Uh, for this year, I have an extra season ticket and for one of the games coming up if you want to leave a five-star review on itunes with a comment something along the lines there or any kind of review really and if you can't do that send a screenshot in of you subscribing to numb bills fan across multiple different platforms and shoot me a screenshot and why you think you should be the next unfortunate victim to sit next to me at the game so I am your host, David Palermo, if you don't know. And right now, on the line, I have Kevin Masseri, always a favorite, from Locked On Bills. And uh, Kevin, hello. Dave, doing... I like that you can pronounce my name, but... uh, You know, after like three years, I figure maybe, you know? It's great. No, good to be on. Um, So, um, how you doing? Doing pretty good. It's been been a while since we last uh, did a Numb Bills fan. Yeah, I know. It's uh, um, I would do one with you all the time. I like uh, because you're like the you're like the fact checker. And okay, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? Because I know you pay a lot of attention, and I try to, but I pay attention through audio a lot, and a lot of the audio is horseshit. So, like, um, this week, I mean, to the people out there, Kevin, I'm sorry that it's been so long to the five people listening uh, for a podcast because um, I've just been honestly working and kind of arguing with contractors like, yeah, you need heat for drywall mud to dry. No, really, that's going to be nice out. Okay, well, you need fans then. And then somebody brings me not only not two fans that they needed just one that like runs lopsided and here i am working at night when i should be podcasting but no i'm here to make other people happy so i can pay my fucking mortgage so kevin thank you for letting me digress on nothing after i asked how you're doing and then just cut you off to talk about me to let you know how i'm doing no worries man it's always it's always good to connect and get into a good show so let's make it a good show. The Bills have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up. They're back at home. Uh, I, I railed last week with James Borum, another great uh, fan of the show, listener who went to the Carolina Panthers game and the Bengals game. So he gave us a nice report. If you missed that podcast, check that one out, number 147, after the Bills bye week thoughts with James from Indy. So thank you, James. But, um, yeah, the, the Bills had the Buccaneers at home, and 
to me, this is a prove-it game. There's a lot of things on the line, and to, to me at least, because when people want their coach fired, this is uh, why you don't want change, because you have things that you've seen work in the past with the same personnel. To all you Jim Schwartz people, we're talking to you about this defense. You better have that same opinion about this offense. This offense on minimal opportunities with a depleted, crappy defense last year put up points with this pretty much a lot of the similar personnel, at least the same five on offensive line, where the battle starts in the trenches. And I had three thoughts for Kevin and I to dive into, and I'll intro them to you real quick. And then Kevin can just rail. I want to talk about these things more in like a conversation pool instead of just going down one topic each. But in no order specifically, I wanted to talk about football starting from kind of the the basis of football, which is it starts in the trenches. It, it starts with can you run the ball or not? Then for me, you have to deal with coaching. Well, we've had five games here, and they have been making adjustments to the offensive line. They're trying some new things. Um, but there's a couple really peculiar things we'll dive into, Vlad Dukas being one of them. Um, and then uh, also Cordy Glenn being another one with trade rumors, whatever that you've been hearing. And lastly, I want to talk about player engagement. So trenches, coaching, player engagement. And what I mean by player engagement is you have a guy like LaShawn McCoy who is in the prime at the peak of his career right now. And if you're a fan like me, you're thinking peak, but you don't want to think downside. That point is kind of moot. At the same time, he's a vet. He puts in the work. He's probably the one all-pro guy on the team next to whatever you think. So um, if I'm him, I'm frustrated. I have no touchdowns. So... Kevin, the ball's in your court right now. Take what I'm digesting and go anywhere you want with it. Absolutely. I think we can start with the trenches, Dave. Um, I think the trenches are the most important factor in this whole thing, right? Right. Don't you agree? Yes, yes. So um, to start off that, I think that the trade rumors are interesting that Benjamin Albright from, um, you know, who has some inside sources tweeted out that he believes the Broncos are interested in acquiring one of the Bills offensive linemen which is interesting to me because how much have they've struggled and the Bills need to figure out their offensive line before they're able to trade one of these pieces away. Um, I've, I've always stated that they're very strong at the offensive line. They're just struggling to figure it out. They have just a limited amount of options compared to last year that make the offense move a lot worse uh, than it did last season. So, you, I mean, just, just the loss of Robert Woods, who was a safety valve for, uh, for Tyra Taylor at times, now losing Clay. Um, you know, that's, that's going to sting. Although the wide receiving core wasn't much better or much different last year, just mm-hmm. a guy like Woods alone helps out as compared to Matthews, who's been in and out of the lineup and was here, you know, three weeks in the preseason. So, uh, I mean, you have to immediately go to the trenches, which has been the same. Uh, the, the, actually, the biggest difference, Dave, is that the change in uh, blocking scheme. So mo- a lot more run blocking scheme. Uh, zone runs so you're gonna you know you're gonna stretch it out and then try to find a zone to run in between um and these offensive linemen have been struggling with that you know most notably you know you got jordan mills who struggles anyways but then you have eric wood who's been struggling um and, and you know the left tackle position has been up and down between glenn and dawkins at times has been struggling um so you know the, the position of strength that you're supposed to be able to trade a player at has been a weakness so um 
immediately you need to fix that. And, you know, from the rumblings inside the team, and I've heard that uh, uh, Glenn should be starting um, next to Richie Incognito, Eric Wood. Um, you know, it's probably going to be Vlad Dukas, not John Miller on this weekend. And then, you know, Jordan Mills, but I, eventually Jordan Mills is going to finally have a short leash to where either Henderson or Dawkins is going to take over at that right tackle spot. But I, I really think that this is a really good defense to get going against. Uh, they, you know, they're one of the last ranked defenses. They have, you know, close to 400 yards a game. So um, th- th- there's going to be a lot of openings and, you know, starts in the trenches offensively. I think defensively on the trenches, they've been okay. Uh, Jerry Hughes is one of the best ranked pass rushers in the league. Um, so, so you're going to get that, you know, Darius is starting to play a little bit better. Um, and, you know, Shaq Lawson's a good run stopper. So, so, you, so you have some really good pieces on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm not worried, really worried about the trenches there. You have some good depth pieces behind them, uh, especially Cedric Thornton, who's been a free agent pickup right at, uh, right at roster cut. She's been a pretty good piece to that uh, rotation there, as well as Eddie Yarbrough, uh, Ryan Davis, Dolphus Washington and uh, Worthy's been in and out of the lineup too. So you have a lot of good pieces there, and you know it's a pretty deep group. So I, I don't think we're, we need to talk too much about the defensive line unit. Oh, actually, uh, actually, let me touch on the defensive line unit and remind me in case they start going off the rails to get to back to the offensive line. So um, because I want to talk Dukas, but real quick on the defensive line. Last we spoke, we were really honing in on Marcel Darius, and we were talking about the ankle thingy things that he had on there. And I got to say, uh, from my untrained eye watching the game one time, uh, I thought Marcel Darius looked a lot more spry this past game than he did the game before. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even Leslie Frazier said that in his most recent press conference. So I think you're going to finally start to see a spike in production as Darius starts to buy in a little bit. Um, you know, and really give a, give another boost to that defense who's already been playing strong, especially if their corners return. It's, in his, so it's gonna... in his best interest, and and I wish him the best, and I know you do too, and and I I hope he I hope he does buy in. It's just if they're saying that, it's kind of you know, so. Yeah. No, I mean it's a good point, and I think Darius he continues to play better. It really gives a good boost to this defense that's already pretty strong. So. That's a good note to kind of segue back into the offensive line. So um, make the case for Vlad Dukas. Now, here's what I think real quick is, you know, for me, I have a really hard time as a fan, hence why this podcast kind of exists, to go, you know, I know more than the coaching staff. And then if I hear a former player saying I know more than the coaching staff and eventually played this game a la Ruben Brown. Uh, you know, he talks Ruben Brown about chemistry at the offensive line spot. And, and I just know from anything you do, you know, music to playing music, it's like I, I found out my drummer like the back of my hand. And it's like even in hockey, you play with the same same line over time you, you kind of get where people are going to be and we talk about offensive line being one of the most important things where i mean you're talking about choreography here and these guys got to be able to trust each other with their eyes not on their boys you know and it's like um pretty much tinkering with the offensive line this late is really crazy it's at, at the same time I find it really hard for somebody just to bench somebody for no reason. So what I want to know is, what is John Miller doing wrong? And what is Vlad Dukas doing better that John Miller can't do that they're looking to do? At the same time, if they're switching to more of a, allegedly more of a power scheme, 
Um, what, what, what are your thoughts with all that out there? And well, also, good. are they playing games with Cordy Glenn? You know, so that too, which I think Cordy Glenn honestly just wasn't totally healthy and going into the bye week. Why put him in there if you don't need to? Come on, man. It can't be that dumb, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of thoughts. We'll start with the Miller debate. He hasn't shown the ability to pick up the zone blocking scheme right uh, yet at this point. And, it, and actually, if you uh, tune into you know Cover One, Eric Turner just wrote a really good piece on Vlad Dukas kind of making his case for him. So this kind of is a good good article to go check out, Dave, for anyone you know wondering the same question you just asked. What is the article he, called? Uh, the exact title. Um, Sorry, I, I know. Bill's offensive it. line moves or Vlad Dukas, something something along those lines should be like one of the key. Right. First things up on the site. So um, check out that article. It's the one we're featuring. So it should it should be like right there, right as you go to coverone.net. Um, and kind of we'll we'll go into detail. You know, Eric will go into a little more detail on exactly what what it is I'm talking about. Um, so he actually calls it an edge athleticism has landed Vlad Dukas in the lineup. So that is the name of the the piece we're referring to here. Okay. Um, so check that out, and it kind of breaks down you know the guard play in general. Um, you'll see, you know, he'll, he'll kind of break down the entire piece of the puzzle. And actually, Vlad Dukas didn't actually play as bad as people think. Uh, Jordan Mills being next to him actually kind of hurts any guard play. So that's why you see Mills, uh, Miller struggling. That's why you see Vlad Dukas struggling at times. But Vlad Dukas is a, is a staple in Juan Castillo's system, knows it inside and out. You're going to get your mistakes with him. Um, but he's not going to be someone that doesn't know the scheme or doesn't know the, the, the I thought. I him. thought. Was tuning in on him again one time through the game. I I did watch him. I said his last podcast, and I honed in on him. And I really, for my dumb eye, I didn't you know wasn't every play, but I did not feel like he was a liability. And it's kind of I think the offensive line is one of those things like refs. You don't want to know their name. You know what I mean? I don't want to know Vlad Dukas. Okay, I want to know Incognito because he's just fucking people up. But I don't want to know. You you know what I mean? Like I want to know him out of respect. And the yeah. respect I have is Cordy Glenn, Richie, Eric Wood, Miller, uh, and, and Mills, and Andor Henderson. You know what I mean. And and before, you know, Miller, I had I really liked, uh, you know, the fact that we had all these guys for two years doing one thing, and we're praising this coaching staff for being. You know what? He has his shit together, and uh, he's a good Christian man. And he's a good for the brand. And he's got this book. Let me tell you about this book I saw. And in this book, I don't think it ever says change a fucking offensive line blocking scheme. Take a number one offense that had limited opportunities rushing the ball. Okay. 5.7 yards of carry, something like that last year for McCoy. It wasn't like, or 5-2, like something ridiculous. I could be out of my mind talking to some Jarvels, I do have the media handbook right in front of me. I could look it up, but I'm not. And uh, you, we all get the point here I'm getting at, which is don't always think that the coach coming in is going to do something that much better. Am I stoked on McDermott? Yeah, but he's still got to prove it to me. And he's not if this doesn't get fixed this week and it starts in the trenches. So moving on to coaching, how do you scheme out? not having Charles Clay along with getting the run game together. And I think, again, if you're going to rely on a depth player to take this team out of the basement, like don't be thinking, 
This is where guys that have kicked around and changed positions calling Logan Thomas, this is where you get to make your hay. And he might be very effective in a game coming up because they can have him run simple routes, even detached on the offensive line, which is stuff we've seen this year. And be a receiver. Be that big body that you want, you know, and not have to worry so much about being a liability and blocking. You know what I mean? And maybe he can block better in the open field. You never know. So Yeah, so so if you get into coaching a little bit, the first things first, you mentioned how are they going to we'll start with the running game, get that going. You need to fix your offensive line. We kind of touched on that. Um, I think the bye week will really help implement some different scheme tweaks, um, some different technique changes, and getting you know Cordy Glenn back and healthy should immediately help if he's full strength. Um, Vlad Dukas, actually, one of the biggest reasons he's in this position, once again, he knows the scheme, and he, he gets out of his breaks really quickly, meaning uh, he has a really good athletic uh, first step as the play is snapped. So okay. that's actually where why he's playing over John Miller at this point, because it's very important um, that you do that. As according to, once again, check out Eric Turner. He'll break that down a little bit more. But you need to be out of your stance as quickly as possible. And actually, Vlad Dukas, that's one of the things he's better at. So okay. he'll excel in the zone in the zone block uh, outside running scheme, as you'll read. Uh, go check it out. It'll break that down a little bit more. But they need to run the ball better. And they, they need to put a precedent on it. And they need to run it uh, down their throats early and often. Um, and continue to do that will open up the passing game. So you're not going to replace Charles Clay with just one player. Um, no. What you're going to end up doing is giving Nick O'Leary and uh, Logan Thomas his passing responsibilities. Um, and then you're going to give Kyrie Lee and, and Nick O'Leary his blocking responsibility. So you're going to have a combination of the three uh, that are going to really act as your your two tight ends. So depending on the package, on the 12 personnel, you're going to have each tight end based on the formation or based on the play call. So those three are going to m- basically make two players because you need to replace Charles. Cl- uh, you know, you got you got to re- really replace Charles and then you're going to need to replace Nick O'Leary. Um, if he's you know trying to act as a different type of player. So you're, so you're going to need to to take three players um, make him two, and that's where Kyrie Lee should be active this week, the Bills' fourth tight end, and he's going to be a blocking body to help out Nick O'Leary um, and kind of take that from Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas is going to be in on, on, on strictly pass-catching uh, you know, chances and, and might, like you mentioned, maybe block down the field and maybe try to trick them in different scheme and play-action personnel. So uh, you're going to have those three kind of make up the two players, and we'll see if it can be productive. I, you know, that There's reason to believe uh, that Rick Dennison knows how to use his tight ends. That's why Charles Clay's production was already up. Um, so I'm interested to see where Nick O'Leary uh, could even be a strong fantasy play against a very weak Tampa defense, especially against the tight end and receivers. So. Well, I mean, Jerome McCoy is something to be reckoned with, and they got a couple guys coming back on defense. And, um, you know, I guess when you look at it, the, supposedly Tampa Bay isn't that bad personnel-wise on defense. Seems like they like the Bills offense where you know they can get their shit together a little bit. Um, it's it, kind of like the Bills defense last year, Dave, where they have the personnel. It's just not. It's mm-hmm. not. Going, it's not. It's that, not that, going that's, well. That's what I'm saying. So last week, because I know you got to run. Um, player engagement. I was just making a quick point that um, you know I don't want this team to lose a player, and I'm not saying he would or wouldn't. I think he's a pro, but um, it's like if I'm Lashawn McCoy, I'd be pretty fucking pissed, frankly. And I would be trying to do whatever I can to get that offensive line to work well and talk with the coaches. And to conclude this podcast, Kevin, what I mean by player engagement here is tuned in, still buying in. Did they decompress after really just a few days off? I mean, they practiced through that Wednesday. 
and then you know had a few days off in between and it's like you know they've been working hard and i'm glad the bye week came when it did because hopefully jordan matthews is back at least out on the field and and, and a lot of people are like well he only had 10 receptions well i'll argue the point that if this team is bought in they understand that you know what's a bill belichick team do people like to quote him i'll quote him or I'll say, do what he says or does, which is he always adds a new wrinkle. Who says Jordan Matthews wouldn't be featured one time? You know what I mean? It's, it is what it is. I look at him like ready to go whenever the opportunity comes. And I think Nick O'Leary is a guy who's going to step up. And LaShawn McCoy, I just want to make sure that he is happy. That's all I care about, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. And he does seem to embrace the role um, to be in, in Buffalo. And he does seem to enjoy himself and, um, I, I do think he's happy. I do think he knows he's being featured. We actually just added incentives into his contract to the start of the year. Um, so I think there's a mutual agreement there between everybody that I, I do think he knows he's welcomed. He knows he's a part of this team. Um, and they're really not going to get any better if he's not going to be better himself. So um, he, he he understands the importance of himself. Uh, player engagement's huge. I think they're really into Sean McDermott as uh, Ryan Groy actually just got interviewed um, in a piece, I believe, by Nick Woten from the Batavia News, um, where he basically said, there's a difference in the locker room. It's a, it's a lot different. I'm excited to even be a backup on this team. Um, so there, there's some of that uh, you know, player engagement there. They're out in the community more than I can remember last year. Um, they're, they're really you know, really one team. They protected their home field. They're 2-0 at home right now. Um, so uh, that, that goes to show that that's important in Rex Ryan's days. They weren't any better at home than they were on the road. It was just kind of a 50, 50 thing. So, um, you know, we'll start to see, I don't mind dropping a road game in Cincinnati and basically a monsoon if, if they're able to come home and, uh, uh, get their work done and, and take care of Tampa Bay, who's, you know, a pretty similar team, um, to, ta- uh, to Cincinnati in terms of overall skill strength. They're obviously different, but, um, an overall type of game, two and three teams, same two and three Cincinnati. I mean, you need to take care of them at home. Um, especially with a banged up Jameis Winston who will start and play, but I just, you just can't, I don't care what you say. You weren't throwing on Thursday. You can't be full strength on Sunday. And do you want to know something? Uh, I will be relieved if Winston plays because I think Fitzpatrick is so smart. And, and, and honestly, what I want to dive into when we got more time sometime with you, especially in the off season is, um, you know, and even if you steal this topic, just credit me for it. Cause it's the greatest thing ever. Uh, like sliced bread here. Uh, I, Teams, people need to focus more on teams to prepare more for scheme, not necessarily just personnel. Because, I mean, think about all the different variables in personnel. It's like, okay, well, certain schemes are going to call for certain keys and checks and reads right off the bat in a certain progression. Well, and then you got playmakers who are above average. Okay, well, obviously, you would tailor your scheme towards that playmaker and towards their scheme, you know? And it's like, it's really like ultimate chess this game. And with that said, my overall point. I'm leading to is if this offensive line can can pass protect and, and block for the run game decently and, and pass protect halfway decent for Tyrod Taylor, which he needs to work on his pocket presence. He needs to learn how to step up in the pocket, and it's something he needs to work on, and he hasn't been, had to do it. But it, it's like, you know, I just want to start at the offensive line and then judge quarterback from there because – so many quarterbacks have errant passes, and they're not thrown under a microscope when you're just watching a Thursday night football game. So I just, you know, I want to support our team. I want to support the, the Bills as much as I can and Tyrod Taylor, and I just hope this offensive line 
for you know when you hire a run game coordinator or some crap like that and like you know i was talking with deacon about it adam shout out to him so it's like you know we were talking about this a couple weeks ago it's like you have a run game coordinator or something like that like that's weird and your run game coordinator his job was run game coordinator but he's like never apparently watched what they did well in the run game last year you know what I mean? Like, they hired an offensive line coach first, didn't they, before, or this run game coordinator guy before uh, the offense, before the offensive coordinator? Uh, did they? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. I, I wanted to look into it, but. Yeah, they, they, they probably did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's an important part to really focus on the run game. And the problem is right now, Dave, back to the original full circle. The offensive line's not executing. That's why. I mean, that's first and foremost on the run. I mean, your your running back's the same. Your quarterback's the same. You know, your your offensive line's not executing. Um, people are stacking the box and getting it done there. So that's the biggest difference. Um, so I do I do think there needs to be better execution by everybody on the offensive side of the ball. And it's interesting that they're still playing, you know, a pretty pretty poor ranked defense. I know they are getting back Quan Alexander. Um, you know, they're going to play, you know, Levante David, some of their missing some of those key linebackers, but they do still have nine defensive players on the injury report. Three of them are out. So they're actually missing their third and fourth defensive ends. Right. Um, so if one, if someone gets nicked or needs a blow, they're putting in pretty much replacement level players, meaning practice squad type of guys in their, in, in the game, um, at defensive end, if their starters, Ayers, uh, and Golston needs a break, uh, they're, they're two. So basically they're Ryan Davis and Eddie Yarbrough versions are out. So uh, you're, you're going to be missing that the D-line rotation there. That's an important position. You, you can't play every snap effectively. Um, you know, and they, basically they have three safeties that are that are dick, uh, nicked up in Keith Tandy, TJ Ward. So, you know, they're going to have – there's going to be some opportunities. Levante David and, you know, Quan Alexander have been banged up pretty much all season. Um, you know, so you're going to have some opportunities there to, to – can they all be – even if they all play, can they all be full strength? No. Um, so, you know, you're playing a pretty beat up defense, um, that's starting to get in and out of some players, but, um, you need to go take advantage of it at home. I, I agree. Uh, Kevin, thank you for everything. Where can we find you? As always, you can find me. I'm pretty much doing two or three podcasts a week, pretty regularly, um, at locked on bills. It's the Twitter handle locked on bills. We're using that, getting some good national exposure there. Um, as always, you can find me personally on at Kevin Masseri, my Twitter handle. And I'm pretty much just exclusively doing locked on bills at this point. All right. Well, Kevin, thank you. Uh, everybody in the world tune in to grandstandsportsnetwork.com punchdrunksports.com and uh, I'm your host David Palermo this has been Numb Bills Fan Podcast number 148 follow along everywhere don't forget to leave a review and uh, enter to win a contest to sit at another game with me Rodney Schuler. thank you for entering and winning and everybody else great reviews uh, especially from Cameron Tiller he was right neck and neck uh, Cameron will get up though uh, so shout out to everybody follow along thank you please subscribe please subscribe and uh, shoot me an email. If you don't have iTunes, can't leave a review of uh, you screenshotting, uh, subscribing everywhere. So see you. Thank you. And uh, go Bills.